you're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, hello, and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and it is Christmas Day. I'm so excited to be here with you. And I know this is a day of family, and probably by this point, four or five o'clock in the afternoon, you're resting and maybe online to watch this. So it may be a good time, but if not, watch it on replay but it is Christmas day and I am so, so blessed to be here with you. Unique Leaders is a weekly show, if you don't know, and it is just about that, Unique Leaders, and it is their story. I am so pleased each week to bring unique people and their their stories to you because their success is in their stories. Over the years, people have asked me, how did you start? Oh, I could never do that why not i say you know that it is about what you're looking you know your goals dreams and aspirations everyone has those and so it's just taking that first step and you'll see these secrets within their stories i am so excited to introduce to you today my guest who has a personal connection with me she is my not only niece but she's my goddaughter gabriella mazuka mcnamara and uh, Gabby, obviously, um, and I have known each other through her life, and she is a, a treasure in my life. But she's also a very brilliant woman who has strove for success, and she has not had an easy path, but a unique path. And she is truly a leader. So without further ado, I look forward to you meeting Miss Gabriella McNamara. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I wish we were doing this in person. Exactly. Normally I would be there with you. Yeah. Uh, most every year I'm in New Jersey. Gabby is in New Jersey outside of New York City. So Miss Gabriella, I'd like to take you back to the young Gabriella. And, you know, from a, um, not directly what you're doing currently, but from that dreams, goals, and aspirations. When you were a young girl, um, the first recollection of yourself, and what you, uh, when was it that you realized uh, you wanted to do? And maybe it do- doesn't go back that far, but tell us a little bit about the young Gabriella and where you grew up and that type of thing. Uh, so I grew up in New Jersey, where I still live, although I've, um been other places in between there um, and have five siblings, as you know. Um, I went to Boston College and after college, I worked in New York for a little bit, but then I went to Washington, D.C. and I lived there for several years and then came back to New York, um, met my husband, Kevin. We moved to Philadelphia for his job um, and then after that came back to New Jersey, but um, I guess I, I, so I have my own public relations and marketing firm. And I think um, that's not something most kids know what it is. Most adults don't even know what it is. But I've always, as you know, been an avid reader. 
and loved to write. So I always thought maybe I would be a writer. Um, but um, when I was in college and I started going through the Career Center and I started reading about public relations, I thought that would suit me really well because it's a lot of writing, but it's also strategic marketing and planning and lots of events. So all different things I like to do. Mm -hmm. um, but when I got out of college, the economy was not so great. It wasn't so easy to find a job. So I started working on Wall Street at first um, because I was an English and economics major. So I used the economic side. But that just wasn't really for me. I just wasn't. It was too cut and dry. I'm just much more of a creative person. Um, so I moved to Washington, D.C. and started working for the NFL Players Association, which is the union that represents all the players. And it was a really interesting time because the players were striking and a collective bargaining agreement. So I was involved in promoting the player side of that, but also all the things they do off the field, all the charitable efforts um, which was which was really interesting and a, and a very fun job. And I love living in Washington. Let's take a minute. Let's yeah. just take a minute because that's a great overview. But many of our uh, viewers are people that, and I'm going to use this season as an example, because I've been on quite a few podcasts in the last six, seven months myself being mm -hmm. interviewed. And what I have seen is so many of these folks are reinventing themselves. Right. And they were uh, had good career jobs and they had corporate jobs. And it wasn't even so much that the, they lost their job, but it the, everything changed so much that they are now, as that word pivot, they're looking to possibly change their career path. Right. And so they're wanting to meet people um, through LinkedIn and things like that. Uh, and then networking as well, right. but they're they're thinking through their path. Now, let's just go back to, because also I hear, and I know you do too, Gabby, that you hear from people, wow, how did you ever start? Now you gave a, you know, a good overview, but when you were a, a young gal, I'm talking about, let's say um, high school, did you have a, uh, you mentioned writing, did you write in high school? Did you um, start that in that period of your life? I did. I was um, one of the editors of the paper um, on the yearbook staff. I took lots of creative writing classes. So I was did. But I haven't, I mean, I've watched some of your other interviews. So I haven't pivoted like some of those people. Only in that I started off in a, in a financial setting mm -hmm. for, for about a year, a little less. And then I shifted to public relations. But since then, I've always done. My shifting has been more um, in the companies I've worked for and then branching out on my own. Um, but I haven't had lots of different careers like some of the people I've really, you know, I found what I really enjoyed and was good at mm -hmm. fairly quickly and have just forged ahead. I think my path has been different. And I think for your viewers who are looking to change, it's that. Um, so I I worked in sports for a long time and I love that, but it was kind of a dead end. But I went to graduate school um, at night when I was there mm -hmm. and I got a master's in communications. Mm -hmm. And then I decided that I loved Washington, D.C., but at the time it was really, they, all the um, tech was just starting there, mm -hmm. but it was really a government, it's really was then just a government town. Now it's evolved, but it wasn't then. Mm -hmm. 
And I really realized if I stayed there, that wasn't something I was interested. I mean, there's tons of communication jobs in the political arena, but I started interviewing. I just, that wasn't me. I'm not political. I'm not motivated by politics. I'm not, as you know, I'm not a really political person. So I realized that staying in Washington, D.C. was just not, as much as I loved it and had a great group of friends and a great life, I was not going to further my career if I stayed there. So that was a tough decision to leave mm -hmm. and leave, you know, socially, emotionally, a fun, a great life. Mm -hmm. And I had a good job that I enjoyed and a great group of people I worked with. But I just felt like that was going to be a dead end, my current job. And it wasn't going to find what really inspired me. So I moved back to New York and I got a job at a small firm and it was a lot of real estate clients and things like that, but I liked working for a PR agency. Um, I liked having lots of different clients, lots of different deadlines versus when you work at a company and it's um, a little more predictable mm -hmm. yeah. sometimes. Um, so from there it evolved and I went to work for a big PR firm and they had a position available in their travel group. And I love to travel, as you know, I've traveled my whole life. I, when I was in high school, I went with a group to Italy without my family. Um, I backpacked all over Europe with two of my best friends after college. Um, so I, you know, have left my family, tra traveled my whole life. So that obviously appealed to me. And it was the main account was a really fun one. It was Princess Cruises, which is the love boat. And when I joined them, it was the anniversary of the love boat and they were reuniting the cast. So it was just, you know, hooked from day one because I grew up loving that show and I got to meet the cast. And um, I, um, throughout my time there with Princess, um, I think, you know, we met, we worked with, I was just um, reminiscing with some form, from friends who are still friends that I used to work with. We reunited Ali McGraw and Ryan O'Neill for a reunion of um, Love Story. Um, we had Fabio sail in on a ship, uh, for Valentine's day. You know, we did so many fun things and I so treasure all that, all those experiences, um, that I, that I worked on. And I think, you know, that's part of the reason that I found my calling and what I did because it was such a fun thing. I mean, I think if I was marketing toilet paper, it wouldn't be nearly as much fun. Or like you said, government or finance. Right. And I knew that about government and finance, and that's why I had to walk away. And I think that's something, seeing what some of the other people who have, they've pivoted more into other careers, but I think it's also knowing you might be in a career you love, but if it's not, I feel that as someone who markets and promotes things, if I don't believe in it, I can't do as good a job. I, I did a product, uh, some projects for building supplies, and that was really hard to get so excited about. However, we were buying our house at the time. So I learned a lot about what to look for in a house. So I was able to shift it so it's, I found something to embrace in it. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, if I can't do that, it's harder for me. But if I can do it, you know, like your father, you say I could sell anything, but I have to believe in it. So travel has been perfect for me because it's my passion. And um, when I lived in Philadelphia, um, I was the head of PR for the Tourism Bureau there. And I didn't know anything about the city really, except the Liberty Bell and the Franklin Institute. 
And I tell people I was there for two years and I, that I knew everything about the city. Mm -hmm. So it's another, it's a great way I've learned about lots of different places and lots of different people. I've met amazing people. Um, but I have worked with people who don't like to travel. And for them, it's a horrible industry to be in, which I, it's hard for me to understand. Yeah. But I think it goes back to you have to find what you're passionate about. And then if you do, it's so much easier to be successful at it. Right, to find that opportunity. And, and you did say something key here about that, is about the passion. Because one of the questions I'm asked all the time, how did I know what I wanted to do? Mm -hmm. And my answer is always the same, is that I've known since I was a young person, knowing about me, that I knew I had to create something. You know, it had to right. be. Well, like me, I knew I wanted to do something where I could write. Right. Right. And I didn't realize that being a writer itself was maybe not what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I interviewed after school to at publishing companies to be a book editor, which I think I would have loved, but I would probably be out of a job right now. But, um, you know, I thought about being a lawyer because you can write briefs, but that was too dry for me. So, but again, when I was younger, even up until I was a senior in college and, you know, actively using the Career Center, I didn't know what PR was. So I didn't know if it was a career that I could pursue. But when I learned about it, I realized, and what I did was I um, outreached to alumni who were in the field about what they liked and didn't like, and that really helped me see. But again, it wasn't just PR, although I did love doing it for sports too. I think for me, I've always worked in leisure products. I've always worked on things that are people's passions. I've worked on sports. Yeah. You know, now I do travel and hospitality, so it's restaurants, dining, but travel is everything. It's going to the theater. It's, you know, going shop, you know, everything that you do on a trip, I help promote, you know, the performing arts, museums, culture. So I've always done things that people are passion and, and, um, your passion and their passion. And right. Again, it's when I've not done it, it's been a little harder. You know, I've worked on some consumer products and it's hard to get a little excited, especially if it's a brand, I've worked on some coffee brands, but it's not like the artisanal coffee that I like. It's, you know, <laughs> I won't say who, but it's harder to get excited, especially when I don't drink it. Mm -hmm. So then you feel a little bit like a sham. So for me, it's always been about being, you know, true and authentic. authentic about it. And if I'm authentic, mm -hmm. then it's so easy, as you know, to, to share that with and make others care about it too. Because I also, um, you know, the adage that people buy from people they know, like, and trust. But mm -hmm. if you don't believe in something, how can you speak about right. it? Right. There's no way that, that you can because your authenticity will not come through. Right, right. It will not. Now, let's talk a minute about uh, starting your own business, though. Mm -hmm. Meaning because that is a very important thing, not only for today, but in general, because that is a major step and it's a major shift to take. So uh, what not necessarily just prompted you to, but how did you know that you were ready to do your own business? I always thought a lot of public relations people are consult. I'd always known that and that always appealed to me when I had kids or whatever. I always thought that was a great option. Um, but as you know, I got sick and I got cancer um, 18 years ago. And so we were living in Philadelphia and I, I, uh, took a leave of absence and I thought 
I used to work, you know, 12 hour days and a lot of events and hosting press. And I just thought I did, I, you know, I had really a lot of time to think about it and I didn't want to have so much stress anymore. But like, I just, I needed time. I didn't want to walk away from PR because I loved it, but I didn't want to work for a company where I was expected to be on all the time, to entertain all the time, to work all those hours and not necessarily also to manage a team. I was a manager, I had a team. And while I liked that, I just, I needed a, I needed to do more for myself mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we decided to move, to move back to New Jersey, I thought that's the perfect opportunity. I can start consulting and see how it goes. And I have been really lucky because I had always had great relationships with clients. So when I started, a lot of my former clients asked me to work with them and that's how I built my business. And I truly honestly have never um, solicited business. I still work. I still work with Princess Cruise. It's been over 20 years. Um, I work with a lot of clients that I worked with when I was at on the agency side. When I first left Philly, I worked with a lot of the attractions and things there that I had helped you know, in the tourism office, because we almost acted like an agency to all the cultural and restaurants and hotels. Um, So I really have been lucky that I've had lots of good relationships with clients. And I work with journalists who have been become great friends and they recommend me for work. So I've never solicited business. So for me, it was a little easier. And also, you know, at the time, I wasn't financially stressful because I was married and Kevin had a good job. So I wasn't It wasn't that leap, how am I gonna pay the rent or the mortgage or whatever, I didn't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. And I had a really good base of people who immediately gave me business. So that was less scary for me, but again, it's always something I thought, um, I knew that that a lot of people, when I was younger and I worked at Porter Novelli, a really large international Mm -hmm. PR firm, a lot of the women left when they had kids or when they moved out of the city and they didn't want to commute and consult it. So I knew that that was something that appealed to me about the field. Mm-hmm. Um, there's And it's more dominated by women for the most part, which I like as well because a lot of women support women mm-hmm. um, in the industry. So I knew those things. So that also made it appealing to me. Um, and because so many people consult, it's more accepted. You know, you, you don't have to... Um, defend why you're doing it so much. It's kind of a natural progression for a lot of people. But you also took that time of talent, you know, heartbreak time in your life to really assess what you want and craft the life that you wanted to live. Yeah, I mean, I think if you don't do that when something like that happens to you, you haven't learned from it, I think you have to, I mean, some people go right back to it, but I feel like, you know, I think, I tell people now 2020 is terrible, but I have been through worse. And I, you know, I think when you have cancer, you, if you don't change something in your life and it doesn't have to be your job, but it should be something that you learn from and take from and grow, then it's just a negative experience. It has to be. And I, that's how I feel about this year too. You have to learn something and there has to be something good that you learn and come out of it. Um, And then I think it wasn't all a loss, you know? And so that's how I, I approach things that are devastating. And I think that way you're not so, 
you know, you make lemonade out of it. You're not so focused on the negative that you can't rebound from it. And I think all, so many people have so creatively pivoted this year and have done that. They, and I think the ones who don't just say, yeah, I pivoted because I have to, the ones who build it in, you know, like restaurants now, who will always do great takeout or curbside or, um, or all these Zooms, like, you know, you don't have to be face to face. You can do a, a Zoom now and having a Zoom holiday party with my besties tonight. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We should always do that because we don't all live in the same city. There's no reason we have to just do it this year because we can't all see each other at the holidays ever. So I think you have to take some good things out of it. Oh, yes, very much so. Um, it, it is, uh, as Napoleon Hill says, um, that you're um, benefiting from adversity. Right. You take those negatives and you, it's like collateral uh, as well, because you're recognizing, like you said about your party tonight. Right. And I, you know, would I have become a consultant without having cancer? Probably. But I think you never know, like you get sucked into work and, you know, you, do. you they, it's and comfortable. And I, I think I would have, but I can't say I would have, you know, this didn't force me, but I think it presented the opportunity that I realized if I didn't do it, mm -hmm. I would be right back where I was before. So I think, um, you know, it forced me to pivot when we didn't use that word. <laughs> that word is becoming trite, but yet we yeah. understand what that means. I was uh, this past summer, speaking of travel, a dear friend of mine here invited me to come to her home. And we did, I, I wish I remembered the name of the company, but these tour guides, so it was one company and they connected these tour guides throughout the world. And we went from the Parthenon to um, Venice. Oh, that's so fun. Barcelona to Times Square. And um, and these, it was men and women and they weren't working. But right. The way and you could uh, tip them, you know, online. And it was great fun. And then the next day through this same company, I can get the name. Yeah, you have to give me the name. I want to do that. And through, and through the next day, um, we I spent the night at her home. And the next day, we did a cooking class. And the people that were doing it were in, um, in Italy. And uh, they were down in the Naples area. And it was in their kitchen. And we were making eggplant parmesan. Yeah. I mean, so many, I, so many of the... Um, travel companies I work, I've done that, did virtual, you know, because mm -hmm. you had to, you know, and I think people wanted that. You, 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 how long could you feel like you were trapped in your house? Yeah. You wanted to see other things. And I think then there came a time where we didn't want that anymore. We wanted to go out and do what, whatever it was where we lived would allow, whether that was just go sit on the beach or go out to dinner. But I think now that there are more restrictions and Europe has having its second surge, I think many people like myself were hopeful by you know this spring we could go to europe and now i don't i think it's going to be a little longer mm -hmm. you need the virtual again and those people need it because they need to you know support themselves and i and i mean you could probably fill your sh show for the next year of how many people have switched careers out of necessity after this and a lot of them will be a tour guide or a chef or a sadly because at some point they, you know, they may change. I, I do have some clients who, um, not the clients themselves, but staff 
at their companies who got furloughed and the younger ones have now decided they're going to change careers, go back to school, whatever. They're looking at things. Maybe they had to, or maybe they, it was always their dream and now's the opportunity to do it. And that's a piece that I hear often is that I just was bored to tears in my career. And again, they may still be in that job taking a paycheck, but they're really taking the time to evaluate right. what you did when you became ill. Like when I was sick, you would, you would, cause you would never, you'd, you're so busy in your day to day. You wouldn't take the time to step back and say, what do I need? What have I learned? I have a good friend who's my age and she decided she was going to go back and get her master's degree. Um, during this and she's been taking classes online and it's a one-year program, but she said she's been wanting to do it for years, mm -hmm. but you know, she does what I do. You're busy. She would never have had the time to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think there are going to be people who at the end of the day have some really great stories of what came out of this. Yeah, you know, hopefully there, you, I, you know, it's, you hear of those and not just all the sad stories. Right. And I, it, I think there are two things that I've been listening to as well, is that one is sort of like the this, this space program. So much technology came from that season. Right. Also, uh, medical health wellness will come yeah. through this. There's going to be a whole tier of things that come from that. But the other thing that I hear often from people are these affiliate programs. You know, people are beginning to recognize that they have a skill set and they can parlay that and may, and help others, but make a commission from it, you know, with these affiliate programs. I mean, right. and there are people in many industries that are um, um, researching this and, you know, not just from a skincare standpoint or let's say a course that I'm working on, but other things, they're just working on that. So there's a lot of creative folk out there that are using this time to think through. Yeah. Yes. And, and this genre is adding to it because we would never, ever, you know, um, never. How this started, actually, I'd been doing some lives um, and more Facebook Live type things, but um, started to do a Motivation Monday. But then mm -hmm. when right. I said to my employees, would they like to go live? And I was really wanting to keep them cohesive and keep the morale up. Right. So they said, oh, sure. So we started what I call the pop-up shop and Sarah putting eyelashes on and Gigi doing peels and, and so forth. But I could see people watching it and resonating with it. And then one day um, I read on a Facebook post, a friend of mine who has had uh, some real challenges with her son health-wise was doing a directory for alternative practitioners, medical practitioners. And I, I messaged her and I said, would you like to come live? We were playing around with this stream yard. And so she said, I'd love it. And she came on, Gabby, and it was amazing, the response to her. So I said, hmm, I think because she is a professional, she's a videographer. So she's a very talented gal, but she has a huge heart to help others because of what happened to her son's right. tragic accident. And um, and became a paraplegic, mm. and he's but he's doing well through stem cell. By the way, that's great. Yes. So, um, but it was watching people watch it, you know, and respond, and that's how this came about. And uh, you know me well enough that know that I love to help others and help you know expose people in what they do, but give people encouragement, that hope, and infinite possibility. Right. 
and um, in a, such a time. As well, and I think right now too, there are people who feel like their job may never come back or it'll never be what it was before, That's but they don't know what to do. And when you're home so much, it's hard, you can't network, you know? So you do look to um, what you see and hear from other people to give you inspiration because you don't have that chance encounter where you're sitting next to someone on a plane or, you know, you're, um, you know, you're both waiting for your Starbucks and you're chatting. We've lost that one-on-one -on -one communication. So luckily we have these virtual opportunities so people are not so isolated. But, but what's not, but the dynamic though, like you said, the Starbucks, I am networking now with people all over the world. I had Samina Spilak, who I met through Glenn Lundy and his Rise and Grind, and she's in Slovenia. Yeah. I mean, I would never have met this woman. And she has a PR company in, in Europe. And uh, she started in the cosmetic world, but that's very different there. You know, yeah. medical. But regardless, um, you know, now we've become buddies. And right. we're talking about doing a summit. And who... You know, right. Well, no, I think that's true too. Through all of the techno technological changes and that were forced upon us, I think that is something. You look in the fitness world; all of these people have taken um, their fitness classes online or through Instagram, and you see that they have people from all over the world following them. How would they ever have that before, right? Or the same with some of these cooking classes. You did a cooking class in Italy. I work with. It's a small nonprofit, Esperanza, and they their mission is to help some of the um, the 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 kind of fading towns in the Emilia Romana region, and they um, curate trips. Well, they couldn't do it this year; they probably won't be able to do it next year. So they went virtual, and you do cooking classes with um, a big cooking school there. They have you know wine pairings, cultural immersion. Um, and there are people who may do that who would never have been able to take their trip, right. but they can experience it and broaden their horizons mm -hmm. virtually. And that won't stop too. That'll yeah, no, that's, I think that's going to be the plus that comes out of it. I mean, I think you're going to have Zoom fatigue socially, mm -hmm. but professionally, educationally, you're still going to. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's just opening a whole new realm of possibilities yeah. and opportunities. Yeah. So now we're speaking about the travel again, and we're speaking about, um, you know, and you mentioned that you've had this long-term relationship with Princess Cruise Line. And so we all know the story about um, what in March and cruising became uh, just yeah. stopped and it's dead in the water, so to speak. Yeah. And um, so at, at A, um, what do you see with that? And B, because they're a great client of yours and B, you know, what, what are they doing? And B, um, how, you know, have you, how do you think that that will evolve? We're talking about these cooking courses and things like that. Well, I think travel in general is starting to come back mm -hmm. um, domestically, I think with the vaccine announcements. And I think as, as I think in this come the spring, a lot of more people will be traveling domestically. I mean, they were over the summer, mm -hmm. um, and um, so I also work with, for a long time, with Visit Orlando, Orlando Tourism Bureau, work with a big hostel network in the U.S. and other U.S. companies. 
So I think they're gonna see people already. Orlando is already seeing mm -hmm. um, people wanting to come and looking to book for spring break. So I think the vaccine is giving people hope. Mm -hmm. You know, cruising is different because cruising is at the jurisdiction of the CDC. So the CDC is not going to tell um, Disney whether it can open or not. That's that's the state of Florida and that's Orange County, Florida. The CDC restricts what cruising can do. And cruising is different from anything else. Airlines would be the most similar because you fly, you stop in different places all over the world. Mm -hmm. So what we might allow is not what the Caribbean would allow or South America. So you, it's hard to take a cruise if you can't get off, you're denied access, which was what happened in March. And people were seeing that different places wouldn't let the ships dock and get the passengers off. So there's a lot more trickiness to cruising than any other type of um, travel experience. And so right now what they're doing is working within the CDC gave them very strict guidelines. They're working to fill them. They have not, none of them have really announced yet because they're still working on that. Then they're going to have to do some test sailings to show that it's safe. And then they'll begin sailing and it'll probably be, you'll see regional sailings, I think. Like okay. you'll a lot will sail out of Florida or Texas and go to their private islands in the Caribbean mm -hmm. at first. Mm -hmm. They'll have, if the, you know, instead of a Europe sailing where you go all over the Med, you'll go Italy to Italy, you know, you'll go British Isles. It'll be very regional for a while. Asia will be just within Asia until they feel comfortable. So I can't even say because the CDC hasn't approved them yet. So I, that I can't say, I know that, People are booking for 2021. I know that people who cruise, that's how they travel for the most part. And they love it. And I think they'll come back. It may take them longer because of the nature of it, you know. And and differently, like you could go to a hotel. We went away. Um, the only hotel I've been on since this started, and, you know, I travel all the time. I had was supposed to be in Europe the day that New Jersey shut down. Um, I was supposed to fly to, to Milan that day. But um, we went to the Berkshires to do like a leaf getaway and went with friends and we stayed in a hotel where we didn't have to take an elevator. We had our own kitchen. It was really safe. They did a wonderful job. Um, but um, you can go to hotel and do what we did, not take an elevator, not be with other people. And it's very safe. The nature of a cruise ship is communal. You know, you they are shared experiences. So you take away the best of what it is. So it's going to take some figuring out. I mean, they're going to have reduced capacity. The great thing is they have tons of deck spaces so you can be outside. They'll just shift what's inside to outside. I think a lot more and what's inside will have to be, you know, restricted like things are here, but it's going to, but it's just going to take them more time of the nature of what they are. And I just think, you know, people want to travel again. And I think, Travel isn't just about seeing things. It's about experiences like memories. It's special occasions. And who hasn't had a birthday, an anniversary, a honeymoon taken away this year? And I think in 2021, we're going to be looking to do that. And we may be looking to do it more like I did and go to the Berkshires at first, mm -hmm. you know, versus flying to Paris. But I think by late 2021 and 2022, we're going to be doing those things because we've waited. Yes. And it, it means more. Oh, for sure. You know, I can't get to New Jersey. Right. Um, I'm not allowed in. But um, if you came to my home, you would see all these um, things of memory, you know. Right. And I was in Manhattan, as you know, last Christmas, and I bought 
a pop-up of this Manhattan outside of uh, Italy. And um, it's in a treasured spot. So I'm reminiscing. I'm not there. I'm not there with you on this Christmas day, but uh, you're in my heart. I know I'm missing our, um, our annual New York outing. And that's another thing about, you know, it needs to come back too because places like New York are so special because people from all over the world come. And New York right now, I mean, I've been there once since it started, which is just heartbreaking, but you know, it's hard to go in because nothing is open and it's just sad to see it the way it is. And so places like that need people to come back yes. to, to survive, to be what they are. Desperately do. Yes. So we end this, I end this with a question for all my guests. Uh, and it's very appropriate for what we're talking about specifically with you and your uh, not only evolving from corporate to, uh, you know, uh, your own business, um, having that courage, which you do, that chutzpah, and um, the drive and focus. Uh, but as I shared, that's my goal for this Unique Leaders, is to give people that inspiration to see that take what you love, as you've made mm -hmm. it very clear, what you love. But there's a book, I don't know if you've ever read Three Feet from Gold by Sharon mm. Walker and Greg Reed from the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And essentially it's a, it's a um, fiction, uh, but it starts off with a guy that during the gold rush and he was from the New York area or the East Coast and went out West and bought his little piece of the rock and was chiseling away looking, you know, mining for gold. And he got, uh, got very frustrated and the townies were watching him and he gave up and sold his potential vein to a local, went back and that guy three feet hit gold. So it is that, you know, never stopping, right. going. And then the, it goes from there and that's how it opens in its, um, uh, it's essentially an autobiography of a uh, Greg Reed, who's one of the authors, but it's put in fiction. But it is about that point. But in it, they have what's called the success formula. And it is your passion plus talent times association times action plus faith equal success. Right. Okay. Now, I'm not going to ask you all of those, what, what it, they mean to you. But I ask everyone. What is your passion and what is your talent? Well, my passion is, I mean, I have a lot of different passions, but, you know, as it relates professionally, um, I think my passion is to share experiences and, and to have great experiences. And I think traveling, you know, going out for a wonderful meal, seeing a wonderful show on Broadway are all things that I'm passionate about. And I am lucky enough that my talent is how to communicate that and take each person I worked with individual story and realize how to share that with, cause I mostly talk to journalists, whether it's a TV producer or a newspaper, magazine writer, blogger, social influencer, and craft it so it resonates with them. But because I'm passionate about the field I'm in, it's easier for me to share that with them to help them become passionate too. And again, I think that's what's really important. If you're not passionate yourself about what you're 
sharing with people, it's never going to come across. It's going to be much harder. Sure, you can do it, but it's really easy if you believe it too. If you believe it too. That's going to be our tagline for this interview is passion. <laughs> and going into 2021 to identify that, to do take that proverbial legal pad and do the you know, pros and the cons, what you, yeah. love, what you don't love, and that will help you, you know, X out what you don't love. Well, and I feel like if you haven't done it yet, we're not out of this yet. You still, I think January and February are going to be tough months, and so why not look forward? Exactly. Because, you know, it's too depressing to look backward at what things were like a year ago, so. It's pointless. It really is. It's always... Over the horizon. Oh, exactly. Your grandfather and my father yeah. said over the horizon. So yeah. absolutely. Well, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Really appreciate you being with me. I love you. And you're my first uh, family member to join me. And well, I'm very honored. What, what appropriate day, though. Yeah. This day. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say Merry Christmas. I wish you were with us, but next year. Next year. And Merry Christmas to everyone. So you hang around in the green room and we'll be okay. right back. Okay? okay. Thank you, love. Wow. What a wonderful visit with Gabriella McNamara. Uh, and if you don't want to pack your bag and get going, I don't know what will make you do that. But it gave me that desire to just uh, get going again. And as she said, we have to wait, but there are ways to enjoy it. But please do share this with your friends and family, tag your friends, because Gabriella shared so many nuggets of hope and possibilities and over the horizon as we've spoken about, but to find your passion and stay with it. She went from corporate to crafting her own life and building it with clients that she had previously and building that life that she loves. So we will see you next week on Unique Leaders Live and it will be New Year's Day and we have a big surprise for you. I don't want to share that. You'll see it um, on Facebook on Wednesday and again on a Friday morning. So we'll see you next Friday on Unique Leaders Live at 4 Central Time. Have a beautiful week. This is Christmas Day. Enjoy this beautiful season, whatever you do, and be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at megandimartino.com. I have a free gift for you, my book, Hope and Possibilities, Just Over the Horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.